commentary, technology, preparedness, and pop culture. From Nashville, Tennessee, the home of hot chicken. I'm Jess, the straight Christian conservative one. And I'm Chris, the gay Buddhist libertarian. We will explore today's issues with opposing viewpoints. And sometimes have guests with incredible or unique stories. We may see things differently. But in the end... This, this is, is still, still love, love you, bro. bro. You said that a little bit robotically today. I, yeah, I did, didn't I? I feel like a robot after this week. Yeah, me too. I, this week has been so. I haven't even been in the loop on on modern topics at all. I've literally went to work, did the work, went home, got in the bed, and Eli can vouch for me. Yeah, like I've not even played video games this week. This past oh, week. I can't vouch so, for that, but I promise he keeps his door closed. Yeah, because I'm asleep. So that, that is my dream and then job. He, and then he wakes me up at like at nine, nine o'clock or ten o'clock. Hey, I'm going to talk about you. Oh yeah, I did. <laughs> I woke up last like, night and I was like, because I tried to make some food, you know, and I'm not a very good cook. So I just came in his room and I was like trying to be nice, you know. So hey, you know what you talk about? At least he no. asked. He could have just went. That's right. true. That's, what That's I'm true. But just depends on. Uh, Depends on how asleep I am, whether or not I care if he asks. Did, so. did you burn the house down with ramen or? Close. No, but I. <laughs> it was ramen. <laughs> it was ramen. Well, how do you mess up ramen? It wasn't like ramen. It was ramen. like he it was, was trying like to make stir like, fry for real, for real Chinese ramen. noodles. It was oh. like like he was yeah, doing TikTok do trend ramen kind of thing. No, I have no wok. That's why it turned out so horrible. He yeah. made the comment to me that he really wanted a wok mm-hmm. and that we should have one. I said, okay. You can buy one because I don't use our kitchen at all at the moment. No, he doesn't. So. I'm the only one. I used to. I used to use the kitchen quite a bit, but um, I just have lost interest. You know, I, I, I just rather would, order I would rather order Uber food or, or eat something that is somewhat tasteless but gives me all my nutrition. So. Something that somebody else prepared. Correct. And yes. I'm, But hopefully when I get my house moved in, that will change. He drinks Huel. I do drink Huel. I drink Huel and used to drink Soylent. Might go back to that. Just Give depends. a sponsorship. I'm floating around. That sounds horrible. I drink it's good. I it drink is fuel. good. I, I mean, this is the. It, it's like a philosophy almost. Like the whole idea behind fuel and Soylent and all those other brand things is that you don't have time to make your own food, but yet you don't want to go eat fast food every day. So you drink something that it tastes okay. But it is nutritionally complete. So, and then they have Huel. Actually, the reason I got into them is because they have a um, they have a, a version that is like hot, and it has a bunch of grains, and it has you know different different things that they have. Curry flavor is my favorite. So it's like and a yellow you drink curry. This. Liquid you grain. Eat it. It's like eating a thick soup, oh, like 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 chili, like almost. The Soylent. I, I did drink some of the Soylent. Um, he actually kind of got me hooked on that. That's not bad. It has like twenty grams of protein. And like yeah. 400 calories, so it's kind of a good meal both, replacement. Both me and Eli, like um, several years ago, got on Soylent, like yeah, straight, but like it, just uh, the plain stuff. And we both had like boxes of it all the time. Yeah, the so dietary. It sounds like something that came from co-op. You know, I could <laughs> it could see, be. It could be. I wish feed, they'd sell honestly. it at co-op because I'd totally go buy it. But you know, I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. Well. You Mainly tried the powder, didn't you? I gave some powder to you for tr- to try. Yeah, I think I did. I never really liked the powder, it, the soylent powder. It had kind of a like a vegetable oil taste if you didn't mix it right. Well, the pre-mixed stuff is what I'm talking about. That's the soy, stuff that I enjoy. So. Yeah. Well, no, but because they use it like some sort of in the powder stuff, they can't have any liquid, mm. so they have to use a special like powdered oil that's emo- powdered like emulsor or suspended in a in a solid um form anyway. sounds way too complicated it's too expensive too in my opinion i, I think mean. it's all right it's a fair price you're talking about like two dollars something a bottle 
And and if that's a meal, then that's a meal. That's a pretty cheap meal. I mean, even you if can get a lot of tacos at Taco Bell for two dollars. But the problem is, it's not filling. Yeah, it's you not also very get filling. high blood pressure when you go to Taco well, Bell yeah, and get true. a bunch of tacos. So. And oh, and plastic. Do you know plastic? They have plastic in their meat. It's what? called meat filler. Yeah, meat filler. Mm-hmm. You mentioned this. Before. This could be a topic we could talk about. Actually, we'll we'll do well, that. why don't you research meat filler? And okay. next yeah. podcast we can I, we can totally do that. I will so, because yeah. one of my friends woke me up to it. Hmm. Woke you up. Oh well, I Eli's said, going woke, guys. I'm woke. He's, he got <laughs> woke up by meat filler. Woke by well, meat I, filler. I made the comment. I was like, "Oh, I'm going to order some Taco Bell," and he goes, "Dude, don't do that." I'm like, "Why?" He's like, "Other than the obvious fact that it's Taco Bell and the, you know, dietary." Now, was this before or after you gave up on ramen and went to get Taco Bell the other night? This was before. <laughs> this is like, so you didn't this is like learn the other your day. <laughs> Look, when you're hungry, it doesn't matter if there's plastic. No, like not Taco really. Bell. Taco you know, Bell tastes good to me, and even though I mean, when you're getting Taco Bell, you know what you're getting. It's not like you're you're saying, "Oh, I'm expecting to get this amazing, really healthy taco." No, uh, you're getting Taco Bell for apparently for a not. You know, if you're getting plastic, I didn't know there was plastic in it. It's called meat filler. Well, dude, look it up, guys. It's like silicon. I'm something. sure we drink out of plastic so, bottles. We we eat. I'm sure we consume. Yeah, but I don't. I'm not don't as concerned. Eat about the it. plastic bottle afterwards. There's, but there's like animal parts and and bug parts in a lot of food. I mean, that's just kind of it's bad. What is it like? Every three fingers or whatever is okay by the FDA or something like that. I don't know. Like spider fingers or yeah, something? Yeah, spider fingers. Know. I don't know. I've heard some statistics that you like, like you eat like a whole spider every week or something. Oh, yeah. that's like, BS. Yeah. I don't think that's like, true. No, I think it, that got debunked. Really? Cause at How night, do you debunk you, that? You eat at least eight spiders in a year at night or something like that because they crawl into your mouth and they crawl down. No, oh, it's, shut it's up. BS. Now I can't go to bed. <laughs> it's BS. <laughs> Oh, I hate spiders. Sorry, Chris. Chris I is going to be staring at his room at night just like with his hands on his mouth and not able <laughs> to go to sleep. He's going to put a mask on at night. Uh, yeah. I'm going to have my <laughs> blaster in my arm just waiting for a spider. Oh, jeez. All right, Chris. I think you're the only one with a topic today because, I, like I said, I came with nothing. We can talk about a few political things, but I don't really want to. I, I'm kind of... You I, know, yeah, we're, we're taking kind a break of, from politics. Yeah, we, we should I'm do preparedness one. We should do preparedness today. Well, that was a good one. So, uh, also, we had a, we had um, a good comment from a listener. Um, they appreciated David last week and having a lighter episode. And I think that's something that we might we might want to do. Is I heard have, the same thing from from another listener. They enjoyed the the David's company. So yeah. I really I really think that that was a good episode. So, but the whole point of this podcast is to talk about serious things. So I think what we'll do is we'll talk some serious things. We'll have a few light episodes and and kind of go back there, but. This story I found fascinating, and you'll like it because it has some elements in it. Um, Eli, you'll like it. I don't know. It's it's kind well, of tech-related. Like potassium but and iron. Tank-related. Tech-related. Oh. We both, say, now ju- really we both jumped on him like that. <laughs> we were both making a word joke on... Tank-related. Uh, he said elements, so, anyway, uh, yeah. but I think yours made it out there, tank-related. So we'll set the stage. Um, the news article was that a local couple escaped from a an assisted living facility in Lebanon, believe, Tennessee. I cannot believe you're talking about this. I know Do exactly. Do you know the story? I, okay. This is going to be I This fascinates me, and I hate to, to debunk this, but I have a lot of problems with the news report. Well, so if you've... If, <laughs> I'm going to help you debunk it in a second, but go ahead. Yeah. So the, if, if you haven't, if you're not local to the, the Lebanon or Wilson County or even Davidson County, Tennessee area... Um, there's a there's an assisted living facility and there was an elderly couple who ended up escaping and the the news report explained that they did this because the the elderly gentleman was an ex-military 
um, personnel who studied I know. Um, Morse code. And he supposedly escaped because he listened to the keypad that the nurses would, would you know, enter every day to get out of the facility. And he memorized the code based on his experience of Morse code and entered the code. And then, you know, he and his wife rolled out of the facility. So, um, now first off, that's great. If they wanted to get out, then there's probably a reason. Um, but we'll not talk about that. Let's talk about Morse code for a little bit. Um, it's a series of dots and dashes, yeah, right? It's a keypad is not a series of dots of do dashes. And if you've ever entered digits on a keypad, they, they change. It's a single tone. It's a single tone, yeah. depending on the keypad. Now, the different tones is on a cell phone or, yeah. or, 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 or a home phone. On a, on a telephone access system or something like exactly. that. Exactly. That's this what is the not. tones matter. Yeah. But a keypad either emits no tone or a single tone. So there's no way to determine the buttons that you press based off listening to the beep. Well, can I break your story? Go ahead. Um, and this is... So I, keep, I always talk about how I used to be an EMT, blah, blah, blah. Well, um, I've been to this facility, that exact building... Uh, quite a bit, in fact, during my t- tenure as an EMT. Okay, is this is a VA related building. No, this is not. This okay. is in Lebanon local. We won't say who it is because I'm sure. But you can look at the news article and find out who it is. Okay, um, been in this facility several times. It's an okay facility, in my opinion. If I were to rank it, you know, in nursing home level, it would probably be somewhere in the middle. It's okay. It's pretty good. Um, the keypad you speak of is does not have a dial tone. I know exactly which keypad it is. Um, and I will also say that on top of this keypad, every time I've been there was a sticky note that was taped with clear tape on it with the code. Oh my <laughs> yep. gosh. Dead serious. And when I saw that story and I read which facility it was, I was like, you've got to be kidding. That is the biggest BS wow. I've ever heard how they Morse coded it out of there. Fake news. I guarantee you won't find that sticky note on there anymore after this thing happened. Surely not. Local fake news. So they had to they had to get a story together on how these people escaped without without throwing themselves under the bus. Now that mm. that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, so it was um <laughs> What's so funny is every time we exit that facility I was like, "Oh, that's a interesting place to put the code." Mm. Um but yeah, it was it's like putting your password under your put keyboard, it on the ceiling right up above yeah. the keypad, and and it's like they expected the. And I, I know this was memory care, so this was like the dementia patients stuff. Oh, okay. But how do you? I mean, this was a couple. At yeah. least hide it, put it like behind the desk, hmm. because it, it, it you have a bigger chance of them dissociating what that code means if it's like somewhere other than at the keypad. No, you know what? If you work there, remember the code. It's four numbers. I mean, right. you know. Well, here's the problem with that. So, and I will give them this. This is the reason stuff like this happens at facilities like this because you have uh, tens of of, of uh, ambulances a day probably from different companies, arriving there, taking people to doctor's appointments, uh, taking them to the hospital, blah, 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 blah. Not everybody's going to memorize mm. that code. And I I mean, I forget it almost every time I went there. And luckily, they had it written luckily down. Luckily, it was written down. It's probably one of the reasons I didn't remember it because I just knew I didn't have to. Um, or it was either that or they'd have to have a nurse come over there and type it in for you, and that would take away from their staff. So... How long does it take to type a code in? Or they could say, well, they have to walk hey, all the way over there. And this is the code. A, put a remote button. Just I mean, tell the person the code before they leave. The whole yeah. purpose of having a code is to secure a door. Yeah. So the whole purpose and of you're not in memory writing. care where it's, it is a problem when people escape. But 
Yeah, I'm not to dog the the you know ex military vet who knew Morse code blot, but that's nothing to do with it. That right. had nothing to do with it. Well, the sole reason he was able to escape is because they expected people not to realize Morse that the code. number above the above the keypad was the code. Uh, I may be mistaken for back then, but at least now they don't teach us Morse code. <laughs> I've known guys who joined the army and they barely speak English. You think they're going to teach us Morse, co- or Morse code? It just depends no. on what he did. I mean, you I mean, know, yeah, this could yeah. be someone in their nineties. He could have been some yeah. really cool guy who was like a, you know, a lot of people in the Navy learned it, you know, right. even recently just because right. that was how they communicated. You know, depends like, on your job, but yeah, your MOS, right? Generally. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Look it, at that. It's different for different. There's MOS and then, yeah, all the different ones. But Dropping yeah. some military right. well, slang. You weren't, yeah. you weren't here when we had Dave here, but he was a ham and, and, uh, and also, was he? Was his name? No, he just did broadcasting. He went to a military school, ah. um, but, but uh, when he was getting his ham license originally, um, it was a requirement that you had to send Morse code and, and translate Morse code hmm. before you were able to get your general class ham That's license. That's cool. So that it was much more common back then, and um, this something and good that to was learn. back then. I mean, what is he in his seventies or something? Dave was. I would say, yeah, sixties maybe. Wait, David, our guest. Yeah, I yeah. am not going to date him on the show. Okay, <laughs> well, but what I'm saying is, is he's I relatively have to see young, him real life. You know, compared to someone in the nursing home. Sounds that, fairly young to yeah. me. Sounds like yeah. a forty-year-old man. He's not nursing home age. No, no. So it's not unrealistic for someone to know Morse code. But the fact that this story conflated the use of Morse code with a single beep. I mean, it it would have made more sense had he said that he memorized what the dial tones on right. the keypad sound like. Because then I would believe that's what it. I'm thinking. If like. I did, if I didn't have inside information on the facility, I would say, oh, maybe their keypad makes dial tone noises, and he was just able to memorize the dial tone tone noises. So, uh, but no, no, it was uh, it was pretty simple. The uh, yeah, what does Morse code have to do with it in the first place? It doesn't. Uh, yeah, I think they just didn't want to say like one makes a long beep. Two makes a two that, dots, you know? You know what that sounds like? That sounds like after he escaped, the nurses sat in their office and they said, okay, so how are we going to tell people about this? Yeah. Oh, he was a he was a vet. Oh, so that knew Morse code. That's how he, that's how he did it. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a great idea. That or there was a lack of news that week. Um, and this was the first big thing in a while. And they said, let's spice this up a little bit. I thought it was hilarious how this story spread. And I actually told one of my previous partner when I was an EMT, who, like I said, we went there several times. I was shout like, Shout hey. out to Trish. Yeah, shout out to Trish if she's listening. I was like, hey, do you remember um, this this home? And she's like, yeah. Said, am I crazy or was the code written above the door? And she was like, yeah, it was totally on a sticky note above Exposed. the keypad. Exposed. And, and, uh, and then I sent her the story. She's like, BS. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's amazing. This is the first time that happened. Oh, yeah. Wow. Well, there's a first for everything, but I can tell you this. There's no longer a code written above that door. I well, not. I bet you this is not the first time and it happened. never existed. This is probably the first time it got picked up. That's yeah, it could be. Happened. I mean, yeah, maybe. I've, I've got several other stories from different facilities about um, probably some that aren't fit for this show just from the content of what, what was going on. Um, but there there have been some interesting things that never made it in the news that um, we were able to hear about. Um, right. Uh, yeah, but thank goodness people escape from the nursing home all the time. They just don't make it far enough to, for it to matter. Absolutely. So, but I believe they made it down the road in this one, right? They, they were like walking pretty far down the road before they were able to get caught up. With. Yeah. It's mm. more, it's more dangerous when a person with dementia or something like that escapes versus a person who's able to, you know, be on their own free will. Well, and you know, you know what saddens me a little bit is the fact that even though they might not know who they are, or what they're doing, they just went out so bad. That's the sad thing. I think yeah. a lot of the a lot of that is probably due to the whole COVID thing, where they're not allowed right, to see where their family. Right, they're trapped in their room. Even even if you have dementia and you don't really understand a lot of these things, 
you still recognize your right. faces, your you family faces for quite a while before right. you're inept, you know? Sure. So. And maybe they just wanted fresh air. Yeah. I, I went through this. My grandmother had dementia and um, she had an incident where she escaped. She was, she was able to stay at home for a while um, while she suffered through it. And she was, she escaped one day. She, she got vehicle keys and, you know, I got a call from my mother mm. panicking that, you know, her mom, my grandmother has, is gone missing. She's taken the truck and has gone missing. So hmm. we panic because we've got a, you know, an elderly woman with dementia in a, you know, huge Dodge truck, like right. let loose in the town. And so we're just trying to put a game, a game plan together. And I get a call from the local police department. They said, Hey, um, do you know this lady? I was like, sure do. Well, she just walked in here to file a report. Oh, so, and luckily ah. they, you know, they, they knew me that the person that, that, was talking right, to her. Right. So, but for whatever reason, when she escaped, she wanted to go to the police department. Hmm. Luckily, I mean, it's that's you know, a good place for, to want to yeah. go. Fortunately, yeah, we didn't pick her up like three states over in a casino, you know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> I thought you were going to say she reported the truck stolen or something. No, yeah. I. She just wanted to file for it, didn't know what she wanted to file about. I, I yeah. don't guess so, no. Yeah. yeah, dementia is really, I mean, it. Same with Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's, Horrible. they're very similar, and and I think they're the same disease. Alzheimer's dementia is, is like a it's a classification. They're but, closely related, yeah. and the problem is too the mental health services are not um, they're not designed to help detect it and get people help soon enough. I mean, we went through a lot of problems getting them to finally say this is what it is. I mean, you know, a lot of situations where you know she was escaping the house or. You know, just doing doing some things that we thought at the time were just absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, but we could, and she would end up at the the ER a lot, and we could never get anybody to say, "Hey, this may be dementia." We yeah, told right. them, like, "This is what we think. This is what's happening. Can we get help?" And it it took a lot. Well, and, and we've had a similar experience. I yeah, think. we had um, our great grandfather. Um, unfortunately, is that's how he that he had to deal with that, and. Um, Man, it's a sad story, mm-hmm. um, and and you know I don't want to. It's hard to bring this kind of stuff on the podcast because we typically try to, you know, we're talking about what well, we we actually, you know, what we do talk about kind of difficult things. We do a lot, um, yeah. And so maybe I don't shouldn't feel too bad about it. But our grand our great grandfather, um, he uh, he he passed away with dementia, and um, it was difficult to see when at the funeral some of the things that they collected from his room. He had like a journal where he. Yeah. Uh, he was trying to write down the story of his life, and it went well for a while, but my grandfather, he, he did the eulogy, wrote the eulogy, and he said it was just so saddening to see that, you know, after he would get to a certain point, he would forget that he was writing it and start over again. Oh, wow. And so the whole book was, you know, just section, just the same section over and over, and you painted. could tell in the handwriting getting worse. Right. And, he painted then, pictures of a farm which he grew up on. Yeah, he... he built a farm and, and raised animals and mm-hmm. we still have the property in our family. That's where our parents live. And, right. you know, he, he built a, built an amazing family and it's still going on today through me and my brother. And, and, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy how bad that disease is. Even if you do everything you can to take care of your body and, you know, and exercise and eat right, just like he did. Um, he lived a long life too. He, he, was, he lived. He was late nineties, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I think about ninety-seven. I'm pretty sure. And but, our grandmother was ninety-five. The saddest so. thing at the end of the eulogy, I remember, was uh, he said one of the last things that he was able to write in his book um, were the were the two sentences, "Who am I?" and "Who loves me?" Oh wow! So at that yeah. point, he didn't really 
He just had no understanding of that. That's hard to see. And my grandmother went through the same thing. My mom was her caregiver. And, you know, a lot of times it it was just a constant struggle. And it's very difficult, you know, for my mother seeing her mother not recognize her. We went through that a lot. But at the same time, like, I can't imagine what my grandmother was going through when she got to that point where she realized, you know, she forgot what she was doing or, you know, in the middle of a conversation, she forgot. I mean, it was probably hell for her, you know, the person who's going through dementia because everybody's standing around saying, but but don't you remember this or don't you remember that? Or you were just, you know, and then all of a sudden you're confused. It's a horrible thing to watch somebody go through. Absolutely. And I just, I can't, that, that, those two words or those two sentences that I heard at the eulogy, they, they, um, I mean, I feel like that is one of the best descriptions of how someone can feel where they literally get to the point where they don't know who they are right. and they don't know who they have relationships with. And they, they are, they are just sentient enough to acknowledge that they don't know. They feel alone. And then know. they get past that point. And then we don't know what, what the feeling is anymore. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a terrible it's, disease. And unfortunately, right, you know, they're they're making some progresses on how to how to treat it, how to slow it. We've we've started to figure out how how it happens and what causes it. Um, but you know, it's similar to cancer. You know, it's just a steady decline of of the body that aging you know that takes place with aging. Cancer is is your own body um, attacking your own body. It's it's just a, a cell growth that has gone out of control. Dementia is similar, where it is a a misfunction somewhere in your body over time that causes um, stuff to build up in your brain, and, uh, and you know, long and the short of it is, it causes all these mental defects. I, I almost feel like there's there's a barrier for humans in a way uh, of how how long we can live, just because our body starts to malfunction enough where it causes all these problems, and you don't have a lot of people living over, you know. 110, 120 years old nowadays. Much less 90. Yeah, much yeah, less 90. Yeah, people are, people are dying a lot younger, and, and I think it has a lot to do with the environment. I think it's a lot of the chemicals that we use, you know, radio right. waves. So there's just a lot of pollution. Well, there's a lot of things to mess up the body. I will say this. Our grandparents were religious, and by religious, I mean everyday mm-hmm. Mountain Dew drinkers. <laughs> Every, I'm, and I'm not kidding. Every single day. And Every I heard I heard a thing about Mountain Dew one time that and it's probably not true, so don't sue us. But I heard something about how there's a chemical that they put in it or used to put in it that that is metabolized into formaldehyde. No, that's that's Diet Coke. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah. So I always thought that my grand my great grandfather was preserving his body with formaldehyde. That's how he made it so far. <laughs> yeah. No, just Mountain Dew. I mean, but he literally would get up and I mean, his whole life was work. Mm-hmm. His whole life was working right. on a farm. He was a businessman. He had a he had a shop that he did, but that was it. That was and they ate what they grew. Right. They didn't eat fast food. It was they didn't go to restaurants hardly until later. You know when they had their, their kids had kids, and I mean that's that's one of the secrets to living long is just right. don't don't stop doing stuff. Yeah, I, I feel like the way you die when you get old and retire is you stop doing stuff. Yeah, and you, you say you I can't do around. that. Right. Yeah. My grandfather is the same way. He's 80, and he's worked a very difficult job for most of his life. He only retired in the last couple of years. 
he had a heart valve transplant. They gave him a pig valve, um, and mm. they said it would last 10 years, and he's well outlived that. Right. And he's in good shape. But every day he wakes up, and he goes outside, and he's building something. He's building fences, or yeah. he's you know playing with horses. He's staying active. And That's I how our granddad If is. you give your body a reason to exist, if you have a will to live, then I've, you know, yeah. unless something catastrophic happens, you'll probably keep on going. Absolutely. Yeah. Our granddad always has a new cool thing. New he project, a razor. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he bought a razor, drives it around. Got to keep yourself busy. He still yeah. owns a business, my grandfather. Yeah. So he's got that to work with. But he does. He he re uh, rebuilt a tractor one time. Got it all nice and shiny. He's and a cool guy, man. He's a really cool guy. We, we need to have him on the show. Yes. We should have my grandfather. Oh, that's on the a show. great that's idea. That's a great idea. I didn't think I, about he that. He would love that too. He would absolutely love that. Talk about cars and yeah, yeah. he's got a Corvette. Yeah, yeah. so he's, he's a cool guy. That's awesome. <laughs> Lives on the lake. We said interesting guests. So that's that's oh, most definitely, most definitely, absolutely. I'm sure our listeners would love to hear. Uh, yes. That's the one thing, too, that I really... My dad passed from lung cancer several years ago. And one of the things, fortunately, that I did, and, and I wish I'd done it with some other family members, but we um, we sat him down and recorded. Like, I had this just whole list of questions that asked him things about his life and, like, how he felt about things. And um, and we sat down forever, and I just recorded, you know, me asking him the question, him answering it. Right. And out of all the stuff that I've kept from my dad, like, that's the one thing that you know, that I just, I feel most connected to because it's not just, you know, a picture or it's not just a letter or, you know, it is, it is him answering these questions, but it, it tells me so much about his life. Right. So it's always cool to have, you know, recorded thought of people, especially after they're gone. Right. And, you know, that makes me emotional thinking about that. We've been, me and Eli have been fortunate so far that, you know, we, you know, we haven't lost like a parent, um, thankfully and, and, and our, our grandparents um, are uh, that we knew. You know, my right. our, my grandfather on my on my mom's side, he died when I was a baby, and but all of our grandparents right now are still alive. Now we had a um, one of our uh, our aunt that we were close with, and um, unfortunately she passed away recently due to ALS, a sudden onset of ALS, and that that was a huge uh, big loss in our family. But yeah. we have so much love in our family that it, you know, I think that helped. Um, a lot, uh, but I, I don't, I don't know, um, the loss of a close, like a, an immediate family member, uh, as much as I think some other people do. It's a true blessing. Honestly, yeah, it is. And, and, um, but the way you said that about him recording his, how his personality is, you know, that's almost like a record of not just what his opinions were, what his life experiences were. I'm sure that helps you remember, um, him. I mean, because it, it, if you think about it, if I were to, if my father or my mother were to die, and I, you know, I I think about my great grandfather, or you know, I uh, I think about my aunt, and you know, my aunt thankfully took pictures. She's of so everything. close, you know, she takes pictures of everything. She her, her passing is much closer, so I remember her and I remember her personality. Right. But I try to think back to my great grandfather, where he's his personality has had been gone for a while before he'd passed. Right. It's hard for me to remember sometimes what he would be like. Like so young. If you think yeah. about how how that person would respond to a question or how he would respond to what or something that you said or something that you've done, um, with just pictures and memories, it's hard to put that together. Right. Um, but with something like that, what you said, I feel like that would be much easier to reconstruct in your head how a person would react to, for example, an accomplishment in your life. Mm-hmm. You know. Right. Yeah, and especially the the times where, you know, one of the questions that, and I'm not bragging on myself, but I asked him, like, what is the thing you're most proud of? And he said, my son. 
And, um, you know, I'm going to brag on myself. That was me. Right. And so you should be proud of that. It's really cool to, it's really cool. I listen to it every once in a while just because I like to be an emotional wreck, but to, you know, to, to hear him still say stuff like that, um, is one thing, but I wish I had done that for all my other relatives. And, and, you know, the, 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 the sad reality is, is that, you know, everyone's going to pass. Yeah. Including right. us. And so, you know, I put it off for so long. I should have done it earlier, but I'm glad I did. But, you know, it, the day's going to come, whether it's, you know, years from now right. or tomorrow, you don't know. And so do that, you know, do that now. But that's a great idea. Because I kind of want to do that with uh, with our parents. Five, know? six, seven, eight years later, I'll tell you what, it, it is enough to make a grown man fall on the floor and cry. I bet. I'm sure. And in, in, in a good way. It's it's all it's always good to hear. Yeah. And. Man, I, I I cannot imagine. I I just can't. I, it, we're so yeah. close with our parents, and yeah. and you know, and Shay's um, daughters. They were, Shay's daughters and her husband. They were so close to her. I don't. I. It's hard for me to imagine that kind of loss. And right. and uh, I know I know I don't Eli want and to. I are going to have to experience it one day. But I know something. I'm glad you gave us that idea. I know something like that will will. At least, you know, maybe maybe once we're past some of the grieving, right. that would help. Because, you know, I think about that all the time. I don't want to forget the people I love in yeah. the future when when they're gone and they can't speak for themselves. You know, I, I know that, you know, it, 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 what I believe, um, I know that I'll see them again in, in once I pass. Um, but as a human, sometimes that just doesn't feel like it's enough. Yeah. You know, right. it, it, it just feels like... It's just emotion. But now, now that you told me about that, that is a project that I think I'm going to undertake because you know, I, I, not only that, but I want my kids to know what their grandparents, if they don't get a chance, yep. Or I want to, or I want them to know what they were like when I was a kid, when I was younger, before they were there. You know, um, that's man, that's such a tough topic. We were sitting here talking about, oh, we yeah. don't want to talk about depressing. I know. Stuff, and now and, we're down the no, rabbit hole. Here, here. Yeah. It, you know, but it's not depressing because it's it's tough having that loss, especially when you're when you're deeply connected to somebody like that. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like it's kind of re-energizing because every time I get to talk about my dad, like it's just a memory, you know, yeah, right. I mean? and it's a good memory. So right. I, I, I try not to look at it as depressing. But the other thing I'll, I'll say, if you have the opportunity to do it now with your family. Do it every few years, mm-hmm. you know, every, sure. even if you have the same questions like over a, and over because mm-hmm. their, their thoughts and their things will change. So that, right. that'll give you a, a point in time uh, and, and you can hear the, the evolution of that, but, but do it. Uh, you'll, you'll enjoy it one day. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing, and, and I guess we need to lighten this up. Don't sit them down and be like, Hey, I'd like to record something in case you die. Right. <laughs> let's, you know, let's do it. Let's do it gracefully. You know, that's what and Jess was saying. It a fun project. Our know? parents. And I was like, maybe we should well, start on the Maybe they won't first. listen to this podcast. You know, <laughs> yeah. I know, I know some of our family does. And, and, uh, and, you know, that's the other thing is that talking about this stuff is difficult for me because I'm thinking, like, you know, I know our listeners and especially I know um, our family that listens, right. they're still, uh, distraught with with loss and and talking about this stuff may be difficult, but at the same time, you know, I I feel like this is something that that pe- this idea should be spread. People people, that, that's just so, so cool to think back. You can have a recording of of um what like did you ask him questions like, hey, what do I do in this situation, or did you ask him like an opinion on something where he could maybe 
that can give you guidance. I'm, I'm trying to both. figure this out. Yeah, like I googled, you know, questions to interview a parent, and and went through so many websites, and I had pages and pages of stuff, mm-hmm. and I broke it down into like early years. You know, when were you born? Mm-hmm. You know, tell me about your parents. Uh, where did you live when you were younger? And then, you know, what was your first job? What was your first car? It was just an evolution, and it, it went through a period of time, uh, you know, up to his later years. Now, looking back, you know, what do you think you would have done different in life? Or do you think the world's getting better or worse? You know, just it was just it was a long, long interview and Mm -hmm. it was broken up into multiple parts because of that. But it was just kind of a chronological, you know, random stuff. So interesting. I wonder if society or I say society, technology, where we get so far, we'll be able to even if we've lost a loved one, have like a hologram or like an AI of them. And you You ask them questions and it's able to. I don't know. I you know. I don't know if that. I don't would know about be... the, the smarts of the AI, but there's yeah. there's technology that can take a photo of them mm-hmm. and it then animate it, so you could wow. feed those answers into it and at least ha- you know have it talking cool. to you. But here's here's my thing. I don't know if that would be cruel or not. Like I, I'm afraid. One of the things we learned when when I was uh, in school was you know you never want to give false hope to a patient. When you're talking, yeah. when you're talking it, about an injury, you're talking about how right, the condition is. Right. You don't want to give false hope, and the grieving process is the same. You know, you don't want to. Mm-hmm. You know, what 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 will loss mean if in the future, when you know we have a family member die, that we can have a fake hologram of them right. that is ex- an exact copy of their personality? What's the point uh, of loss? That reminds anymore? me of Minority Report. You oh God, it does. Yes, where he's got his kid. What is oh that? God, you never seen that? No. Oh, you need to. You'll have to read it. I, I don't think you know if that was offered, I wouldn't take it because it's not the same. I mean, you know, I can play, I can play this back when I want to hear it, and I've got a, a painting of my dad on my wall that I can look at. Uh, you know, to, to put that together in AI. That's cool, I guess, as far as mm-hmm. technology, but I, I wouldn't be interested in because right. I know it's not him. Like yeah, I, you know, I've built yeah. I've built memories based on, you know, what I remember of him. And, and now I'm, you've got a a thing that you're building more memories with that is that is simply a representation. And it, it there's no I I guarantee you, even if AI gets really, really advanced, they're never going to make the same you know, decisions and, and, and uh you know they, they I think another thing would be is even if we were able to clone the personality of a person, you mm-hmm. know, through their through their brain, through some process like that, the AI is not going to learn the same way as that person would. Right. So let's yep. say you have a conversation with that person, the first conversation after this memory clone with with this AI, and their answers may be genuine, but they're going to learn from those answers. They're going to learn from that interaction, and slowly, as you have more interactions with them, they will defer farther mm-hmm. and farther from what the actual reality of that person would be. Sure. So kind of scary. It honestly. almost becomes a completely different person, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of scary. It is really. It's. It makes Skynet. Me, like a lot of things we talk about on the show don't really, you know, phase me as far as difficulty to talk about. But just thinking about that mm-hmm. actually gives me a knot in my chest. Like yeah, I don't think that I would want that at all because that just sounds. So it's kind of. It sounds cruel to me. Yeah. It's and plus like. Let's say it can't like range motion or whatever. Like it has a fix. Like say it's always happy. You know because. It'd be kind of messed oh, up if you're yeah. asking it these kind of like sad questions and stuff. And it's all happy. Oh, but at the God. same time, if it can experience emotion, it's almost like another sentient being. Mm. I've always thought about that. What happens when we do have AI and and uh, and intelligence in computers where they're able to feel, where they're able to process and make God. decisions based upon an emotion? I hope I don't see that day. 
Terminator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, but, Skynet. but what happens? Do we give them rights? Are they are they able to exist exactly. on the it's same level? Right. Do they get to vote? You know, and and then you're if you're religious, what about the concept of a soul? Could that be a barrier for is a is a is a thing that apparently is expressing emotion to you and rabbit hole. to a, a rabbit yeah, hole. it's a whole huge rabbit hole. But. So I guess in the future, and this will be well past my time on Earth oh, and yours, and I'll hopefully, be, we'll my, hopefully my I grandkids. So. This podcast will but, be in the dust of what used to be Spotify's <laughs> hard drives. In, Look at this, in, guys! In a landfill. cool 2021 podcast. You'll basically be sorted like soul or soulless. You know, like mm-hmm. you're either like a real AI and have no soul, or you're, you're a human and have a soul. Yeah. What's that video game? Uh, oh, I know what you're talking about. There is a video uh, game about it this. It kind of plays on that, or it I does play on that. Is. I think that's the whole plot. Um, oh man, Detroit. Detroit something. Um, I don't know. I can't remember. It's a really good. I saw. I've watched playthroughs of it, and it's, it's essentially you 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 play through different AIs that are. I mean, you're the player, so you have feelings, and you're able to make decisions based on those feelings. Mm-hmm. So you're experiencing from the point of view of the AI about how you're just a thing mm-hmm. in the world of right. humans. They and have this whole like revolution. It's, it's kind of advanced. Crazy. Yeah. yeah, it's a it's a cool concept, and obviously lots of books and movies and video games are written right. about it. So. Um, the least of media written about it is probably us talking about it right now <laughs> in the bottom <laughs> right. of our podcast. Um, anyway, that is the other thing that um, I just thought of from this conversation. You said, you know, the soul and the soulless. We're kind of having something similar about that going on right now in this um, whole war with the vaccine. You know, we've got a lot of a large portion of the United States that does not want to take the COVID vaccine. And so what is going to happen? Are we going to have a a class of people that are fully vaccinated mm. and they enjoy the, uh, the rights and, and, uh, and amenities that a person would enjoy in post or pre 2020, you know, pre 2019, where they're able to go to the store, they're able to go to clubs, they're able to go to, um, they're able to ride on planes, casinos, concerts, all that things. And then you're going to have the unvaccinated population where, they can't. They can only go into grocery stores. They maybe have to lose their job because they don't want to get vaccinated. Um, they're not able to fly on planes. Mm. We've got a second class of citizenry, and this is a large portion of the United. This is like something like thirty or forty percent of the United States does not want the vaccine right now. Well, I will say this: if you do want to enter another country that's abroad, you have to get vaccinated. Do you not? If you want to, like when you went to Honduras. You had to get vaccinated. It was highly suggested because if I went to Honduras it, without being so vaccinated. So it wasn't forced? No. Okay. No. Like if I went to Honduras without being vaccinated, I probably would have gotten hepatitis mm. and eventually died. So or I wanted. <laughs> well, what? What do you think I'm doing in Honduras? He's not that type of man. I don't Chris, know. You know that. <laughs> Yikes. All right. That took a dark <laughs> turn. Um, but anyway. What, oh. <laughs> Chris? I'm that doesn't to, even make any sense. I'm trying to lighten the mood. Okay, it like, is pretty dark right now. Yes. Like, oh my goodness! But but I like talking about this dystopian kind of stuff, though. So, like, Chris, what do you think of it? I mean, you I, do you want to disclose what your decision was on that? Um, what vac- you don't have to vaccinations, but Vaccine. I mean, um, okay. you know, it's it, it's a very difficult position because you have to assess. Uh, and, and I don't fault anybody. It's personal choice, uh, in my opinion. You either want it or not. Same thing with the flu vaccine. Um, I do a lot of research on everything that I do and, and put in my body. And so, you know, I was very much on the fence. Uh, you have to look at your risk factors. Um, 
I've read many studies about, you know, COVID and the risk factors that put you at a higher risk of dying or having serious illness from it uh, versus how many people, you know, I work with the public. I have a kid that goes to public school. You know, my spouse works for the public. Um, our, our impact would be, you know, above average that we would get it. Right. Now, I don't know if I have any underlying health conditions that would, you know, I would be the 1% that died from it. I don't know. I've looked at the science of the vaccine and I felt it was my, um, in my personal case, yeah, I felt it was best that we just did it. Right. Yeah. And that's, and I don't fault anybody for doing that. You know, I, I feel like a lot of, there's a lot of people that are saying, don't take the vaccine. And if you do, like you're you're wrong and you're Sheep. crazy. Yeah, Sheep. yeah. It's like yeah. No, it's not like that. It's, it's personal choice. It's if right. you want to, you should. If you if you're at risk, you should. But if you don't want to, and you make a decision based upon your feelings, and you you weigh the risks, and you don't want to get it, that's not a that's not a bad thing too. That's right. it's everyone has the choice to either vaccinate themselves or. And I found this very interesting that like we interesting. I was trying to say that um, interesting or whatever I said. We went from like before COVID, we had a, a class of people that was that was spanning both political parties that were anti-vax, you know, and they were they were not to assume anything, but there were there were a lot of mothers. Like we, I know there was always a joke about yeah, anti-vax joke, moms, right. you know. And, and anyway, that was a joke because it really existed. We had a lot of moms that did not want their children vaccinated. And it wasn't just Republican or, or Democrat or conservative or liberal. It was on both sides, and there was almost a faction of people that were, you know, anti-vax. And I remember before COVID, I was like, yeah, these people are dumb. Vaccines are fine, and there's nothing wrong with them. And, you know, people are talking about how it gave their kids autism. And I'm like, you know, I was vaccinated. And, well, I do have autism, so that's not a really good example. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I was vaccinated. <laughs> But I turned out okay. I, you know, I don't know if they're related. I mean, I've seen studies, it's not, but it's, it's not, not it's, related. It's like one one study that was like some it made some sort of relation to it, and then it was eventually there was multiple studies done that basically said no, that study was not done correctly. There was well, there was not a right control, but that's how they got all this off of it. And I remember specifically having conversations with people like you know it doesn't vaccines are they're well documented they're well tested and let's look at the trade-offs here would you rather have autism or polio yeah hey I, give me autism all day right. like you know now that is different for autism he can say that people he can say that i can say that right <laughs> I, I have the privilege of saying no uh, it's different for different people so maybe if you had super severe autism you would rather have your mind than and not be able to walk right it just depends but you don't make that decision when you're a kid. Your parents are tasked with them making that decision. Right. So I guess I understand it, it, it is it is a decision. The the difference though, I think, in the COVID thing and and all these other things is all these other vaccines have been they have they have been rigorously tested. They have been very But the first day studied. that they gave a flu vaccine, it had not been studied either. Yeah, I mean it has. You're thinking maybe of the of the um, polio no, I mean, vaccine. There's always a first start. I mean, when when flu was when flu was really bad, uh, in the 1920s, I think when the flu was was really really bad, somebody designed a vaccine, and there was you know there's the first arm that it was jabbed into, and imagine the 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 way that that person felt. Like sure. you know people are dying from the flu okay. around them, 
Oh my gosh! You I'll know, consent I've gotta, that. I've yeah. get, You're but there wrong. were people that chose not to get the flu vaccine. Right. Right. But it's it's been personal choice for years. I didn't yeah. have to get measles, mumps, and rubella vaccine, but my mom gave it to or had me. You know, had it yep. for me when I was a kid. Um, fortunately, I haven't developed measles, mumps, or rubella. But uh-huh. you know, who knows if it was from the vaccine or I just wasn't exposed to right. it. But you have to evaluate the the risk of that in your life. And you know, if you're the kind of person that is young and has a good immune system, the immune system is doing exactly what it's supposed to do. It gets an unknown virus in your body, and you try to fight it. And we're not gonna, you know, give advice about why you should or why you shouldn't, or what you should do as far as the risk factors. The CDC is there, no matter about your opinion about the CDC, they have guidelines on that. And um, they... While you're sitting here wearing a shirt that I says, am a trust doctor. me, I am a doctor. <laughs> it's Dr. Pepper, okay? <laughs> but still. Our listeners have no idea what is I happening. I thought that was funny. I'm wearing a shirt that is a Dr. Pepper shirt that says, trust me, I'm a doctor. And they and just pointed that out. I am not a medical professional. Without saying anything. <laughs> I'm not. I, it, but, but that's what I'm saying is you will not find your guidance on this show about no. what you should make medically, decision-wise. No. But all we're Nor saying is... Nor should you take our advice. Right. All we're saying is, is don't, don't hate somebody because they don't want to take the vaccine. And I don't think private companies should be able to tell you, get the vaccine or you're fired. I think that's where we're going wrong. That is. And prime example, you shouldn't listen to us say do or do not get the virus because we don't care. I'll never shame anybody for wearing a mask. I'll never shame anybody for doing anything. It's personal preference. Do your own research. Don't listen to Facebook. Don't listen to, you know, the internet. Because if you go onto Facebook, there are doctors who are professionals that say do and doctors that are professionals that say don't. Do your own research. Yep. You know, look at the ingredients. Look at the studies. Make your own decision. Yep. Not yeah. somebody else's decision made for you. I and think that's the problem in the U.S. is that everybody gets behind something and then it's their identity. It's immediately politicized. Right. So if you don't get the vaccine, you're wrong. Right, yeah. right. If you're just... You're Republican or Democrat. Yeah. You know, there's no moderate. There's, you either like the right, you either like the uh, left, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. And what's interesting is, and, you know, obviously this is, this is just personal stories. So take it what you will. Here we go back Um, into politics too. (laughs) But I, but you know, when I was, when I was in going through ERs and going on the back of the ambulance and I was, and I was going to different ERs all across Tennessee and it may be, you know, sample size is Tennessee here. So I don't know about the ones up north and ones. We were the COVID capital for a little while. So, but a lot of the doctors that I talked to, a lot of the nurses, a lot of the ER staff, they didn't want it. They did not take it in the first round when they had to, and they chose to wait it out. These are the people that were exposed to it on a daily basis. And, you know, I had the opportunity. I turned it down. I was around it every single day. Right. I've got more COVID patients under my belt than I can count. Transported in a enclosed yeah, area in like as an well. eight by five. <laughs> Not much ventilation either. In a van. Yeah. And, and, and of Did course, you wear we wore a mask. Yeah, we wore N95s. At the beginning of the uh, um, pandemic, we actually wore full body, um, like uh, we called them Michelin man suits. You know, it was like a big, big, uh, uh, the big it's not scary like, white suits yeah, that are plastic. Yeah, it's not like sealed, but it, the point of it is to, you know, you take it off when you get out, you try to get rid of all those droplets. We wore that. We wore the droplet gowns on top of that. We wore the N95s. I taped the N95 to my face personally because I didn't want to, I didn't want to get it. I was kind of, right. I was terrified for a while. Everybody but, was at yeah, first. I mean, we had no idea what it was, how it was spreading. You know, we, we were, we had vents running in our trucks and it was, it was insane. But I'll tell you what, slowly. <laughs> you probably went to the hospital, the back doors open. <laughs> oh no, seriously. 
I mean, for a while, they had in the COVID rooms, they had them set up to where they were all positively pressurized. So air could not escape from the room in back into the hallway they and they've still got that that they've they added all these rooms specially designed for airborne viruses just for this for this pandemic um but the interesting thing was is as we as the pandemic progressed and got worse you know our the way we did things changed you know by the end of my tenure there we weren't wearing the michelin man suits anymore we were on, we weren't even at the end we weren't even wearing droplet gowns anymore we were just wearing the N95 and gloves and and goggles hmm. and that was it and it, it just slowly got less and less scary to us because we had dealt with it so often and and science has slowly been teaching us about it mm-hmm. i remember early on where people were washing packages yeah i like, saw that yeah <laughs> oh yeah disinfecting your and amazon I'm packages i'm going to lie after i saw that report the first time i came home i've always loved that smile box on my first port and luckily it was upside down and i pull in and there's a frown on the box and oh. i'm like i've got to wash this and I, yeah. i'm not going to lie i took some you know wipes and wiped it down because i didn't know you know they thought that it would spread on surfaces more i mean that was early they on they had for a while they had it like it was on non-sun exposed surface, it was supposed to be like 72 hours it would last. Yeah. Uh, but now, then they came out with a one that said in the sun, it only lasts for like a few like 20 minutes. And I was like, well, heck, I'm just going to stand outside in the sun for 15, 20 minutes every right. time we get done with these COVID calls and I'll be fine now. It's like a, uh, it's like a zombie virus. They can't survive right. in hot weather. That's But that's the weird thing is, is uh, and going back to the actual point, a lot of these doctors and, and nurses and all them that I talked to personally, they they didn't want anything to do with it. And it's mm. probably because they've probably already had it several times. Their immune system has already built up to it. They don't really have any reason to take the vaccine because they're always exposed to it. Their body has processed it properly. And they're, they're, they're also in a medical environment where people would think there'd be more viruses there, but it's actually better. But it's better than your home. flora because they're, if yeah. you're, the, the more you're constantly exposed to bacterial and flora, your your body is doing what it's designed to do. Right. It's what your immune system right. does. I've always not been. I've always kind of been anti hand sanitizer craze. Like when that first came out, my mom was big on it, and she would always carry hand sanitizer every time she go eat. Every time she enter and leave somewhere, she put hand sanitizer on. I said, "Mama, you have got to get yourself exposed yeah. to these germs." Say what you want, but I have stopped using hand sanitizer as, yep. as much because I feel like we are slowly coming up to everyone's a germaphobe. And you can't have this. You can't, you know, mm-hmm. not. Yeah. I, now, you can't see it, but I'm rubbing my hands right yeah. now. You can't not use hand sanitizer before you, when you open a door or whatever. Or I don't use hand sanitizer before I eat. I don't. I, I, I you know, I wash my hands after I go to the restroom, but I don't use hand sanitizer before I eat because I feel like, you know, if there's something on my hands that I haven't been exposed to yet, I probably should expose myself to it. And you know what's crazy? This is build up my immunity. This is a new thing. The whole like using hand sanitizer all the time. You you look at people back in the forties, fifties, and even probably up to the eighties and maybe even nineties, I don't know. They didn't do what we do nowadays. And hand all I'm saying new, yeah. in the twenties, I bet you they didn't even wash their hands after they used the well, bathroom. Although I will say that <laughs> we ha- we're slowly living longer and, and then but say you what know. you want. My great granddad was ninety eight. You're right. Yeah. You know. He's not he's never washed never his hands. Once. Never washed his hands. I, I, he had plants growing out of his <laughs> follicles. I come from a different background because I'm I'm a germaphobe. I yeah. was mm. I was a germaphobe before COVID. 
And so that that caused me a lot of anxiety. I, I have always used hand sanitizer. I've always cleaned my hands. Um, so the fact that you're sitting here at this table right now touching oh, it and scary. I know you haven't <laughs> and you haven't cleaned your hands. Um, well, it's no, like, no, you know, I use hand kidding, sanitizer but, after. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. When I got in here, I, I put some on. Oh, yeah, he talked about you. it. Yeah, because yeah, he got McDonald's. I'm kidding. But, but I'm yeah. not, you know, I'm not, I'm not as bad as, as like Howie Mandel and, and all them. But I, I just, I, I like to have clean hands. I like the texture mm. of clean hands. I know yeah. that I need bacteria, but mm. just something about having the texture of clean hands. Now, washing your hands is different, I think. You know, hand sanitizer just kills all the flora and, and all that stuff on your hands. Uh, but, you know, washing your hands actually frees up the dirt. It gets all the all those chemicals and grime off your hands. Restores balance, yeah, the it, oil in your skin. Sure, whatever you just said. Um, <laughs> but, um, but it actually, I, you know, I washed, like, for example, I had to touch some disgusting things at work today that I had no idea what they were. Yeah, you bet I went and washed my hands. I don't want any of that on my hands. Um, but, you know. It's I, fair. Yeah, I just, but as far as germs and, like, you know, I don't put hand sanitizer on every every time I, you know, enter a building, exit a building. You know, I just think that it's better for my immune system to be fully exposed to that. I played right. the dirt as a kid, you know. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of my thing. So, I mean, yeah, I've probably eaten a dog turd when I was a kid. We, played, <laughs> we did a lot of out, outdoor playing, especially my generation, and so I mean, I've been around a lot. Right. You know, I've, I've had dirt in my mouth, and I remember my dad um, one time I was playing like in the gravel and we had like gravel driveway at our old house and I was allergic to uh dust and and um grass and all that and he walks outside and he walks out I had terrible asthma I actually was like hospitalized a couple times with it but he walks outside and he says son what are you allergic to I said dust and he says and what are you throwing everywhere right now dust (laughs) (laughs) I'm just sitting there throwing stuff around making explosions with it but yeah, that was, I mean, literally played in the dirt as a child. And, and now think, he's immune to dust. Now I'm immune to all diseases. All dust. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, no. Immune you to all dust. You heard it here. Play in the driveway. <laughs> gain, bolster your gain, immune system. Uh, yeah. Play in the driveway. Gain immortality. Um, so, straight out of Still Love You Bro podcast. Back to the COVID thing. The only thing, the only reason I think I've really rejected it, other than the fact that it's just, it's come out really quickly and I'd prefer not to, you know, personal opinion here. Um, is that the army and the military as a whole came out and said that you don't have to take the vaccine. Um, I don't know if people knew beforehand, but we did not have the right to reject vaccines. No. <laughs> um, so if they wanted to stick you with something experimental, you had to. They right. didn't have to tell you, know? you what it was? No, they didn't. And when I went through basic training, they stuck me countless times. I had no idea what it was. They had all these charts on the wall, and but I never knew specifically what it was, sure. you know? Um but they gave us that right, right when COVID came out. And I just, I don't know, it kind of hit me a little different as why would this pop up all of a sudden? Why is it different? It's a new right. Might yeah. as well use it, you know? And I, so. I think it's also, you know, one of my reasons for not wanting to do it is, you know, COVID, the, all the vaccines are still under the emergency use authorization. You know, they have, sure. although they mm-hmm. have been vetted, they have been gone through testing, you know, I, in my opinion. I just worry about long, I would rather, I would rather see the long-term effects right. first. You right, know? We know the long-term effects of the flu vaccine. We know the long-term effects of all the other vaccines, which mostly are non-existent. There are no long-term sure. effects that we can know of. And One, here's the reality. A friend of mine told me, he's he's an older gentleman, and he said, look, yeah, it's new. Um, he's going to get it because he's older. He's, he's um, you know, more susceptible. But he says, if, if me taking it helps somebody, you know, learn about, 
by, right. the, by the fact the that he's taking it, it yeah. you're learning the effects of it. And he's like, I'm, you know, I'm older, and if I can take it, and, and the, you know, a younger person doesn't get COVID from me, or you know, they learn about the vaccine because mm-hmm. I've taken it, then so be it. I've helped somebody. That sounds like Japan. You know, when Hiroshima and, and uh, Nagasaki happened uh, a couple years, like way down the road, all the old people went and did the cleanup and all that because they wouldn't see the effects of cancer. Until after they had passed away. Yeah. So yeah. that's kind of interesting too, as far as us talking about this on this podcast, because um, Joe Rogan actually got in trouble for talking about similar stuff. Really? Um, yeah. They, you know, they, everyone's trying to always cancel Joe Rogan because he's he's kind of some. He doesn't fit the profile. You know, he's not really conservative. He's not really liberal. In fact, he calls himself liberal, but I would say he's moderate. Yeah. yeah he's he's in the middle, and he has right. opinions that fit on both sides. Um, but. Um, Anyway, he was talking a sim- very similar conversation on his podcast, and uh, he actually said, you know, if you are, you know, in your 20s and you're exercising and you're really healthy and all that stuff, he says he wouldn't recommend you get it, which, in my opinion, you know, it, I'm not going to tell you that because I'm afraid we will get t- taken down, um, but in my opinion, that's my, that's my reasoning is, you know, I may not be the healthiest person on earth, but my risk factor for dying of COVID is is super low and I would, yeah, yeah I would and just, not only that, but like I've been offered it a couple of times this year, but if an older, if it helps older people, yeah. you know, and, and they're already having shortages enough, give it to them. Yep. I'm, I, you know, I'm, just I'm let low the risk, entire man. low risk population yeah. do it. I, I don't even, I don't even know why it's available to us right now because right. the, the chance of us, of someone, me and Eli's age dying of COVID even the chance of being hospitalized is like less than super a percent slim. of a percent. It's, right. it's super low. And and I'm using that logic to say I don't want to get it personally. Anyway, but Joe Rogan basically gave advice to his listeners and said, hey, you know, if you're this and you're this, you shouldn't get it. Well, the mob went after him and and uh, he had to come out and say he was an idiot and he apologizes and blah, 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 mm-hmm. which I really don't think he should have. You no, know, if, if it's his opinion, then he should be able to it's say his podcast. It. It's the yeah. most popular podcast in the world, is it not? Yeah, sure. it's, it is. It's the number it, one. Yeah, it's huge, 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 huge. He has yeah. an exclusive deal with Spotify, right? So, um, but anyway, what I'm saying is, is I think I think it's really sad that you can come out and say that, and then all of a sudden you are he. They called him Joe Rogan's anti-vax rant. <laughs> there you, you go. Know, yeah. Media and opinion. I mean, it's an opinion. We're here with our opinions. We tell you we right. have opinions. Yeah, well, and you don't have to listen to them. If you have no. one opinion, then. People we, can determine your whole political belief system from that opinion now. And if you don't feel like what he said was valid to you, then just move on. Yeah, just, there's no I reason think for him to be canceled because of it, you know, and I doubt no. he will be. Because he's really man. popular, and that was like one small thing that he talked about in that. And, and I'm not going to, you know, cancel it or not. I'm. This is therapy. I mean, this is me talking. You, if you listen to the show, then you either, you know, you like what we say or one of us says or, you know, our opinions. But I'm not going to filter myself right. because right. I may say something. It's, I do my best to try not to say something that would offend people because I'm not that kind of person. But this is these are our opinions. Yep. We are slowly coming to a society of censorship. That's what it's coming to. Sure. Is that private parties will be able to determine what political opinion or whatnot gets said. Right. What's what's acceptable. Right. What a deep episode that we went from Quite Alzheimer's and dementia to relatives that have passed yeah. to dementia to, to COVID. back to politics. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this is one of the most I think 
Zoomy episodes that we've had. Most... You know, just all kinds of different um, things. But oh, geez, that caught me off guard. But that's the music in the background, meaning we've probably gone over two hours. <laughs> Most <Yeah>. definitely. <laughs> Hey, thanks for listening. We hope this uh, we hope the show inspired you to connect with the people that are in your life. Um, Absolutely. Learn about them while they're here. And we hope that you've enjoyed the little political discussion on the end, even though we've talked about, hey, we like not talking about politics sometimes. But yeah, this is still Love You, Bro. We appreciate you guys. Check us out on social media. I'm Jess. I'm Chris. See you later. Bye.